Hi, everyone. I'm Margie Alanese, and this is Farm Her Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farm her in all of us. As part of our ongoing Everybody Eats series with Nationwide, this episode is also sponsored by Nationwide. And so today we're going to be talking about something that is uh, scary at, uh, at times, but it doesn't have to be. And we're going to be talking about finances and specifically uh, a handful of ways that women can take control of their finances and their financial future, um, especially during these trying times that we are all in. And we're going to be talking with Christine Armstrong, who's the executive director and a financial advisor and senior portfolio management director at Morgan Stanley. And I had the opportunity to listen to Christine and I immediately knew that I needed to have her on to farm her talks because she is not only a woman who, uh, like many of you, has navigated uh, being in an industry where she is definitely in the minority, but she has succeeded. And her goal is to help women uh, take better control of their finances. And she's got some great things to say. So I know you're all going to want to listen to that. But uh, before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about a resource that is at all of our fingertips. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter where you sit, um, and this is Annie's project. And I had the pleasure a couple years ago of visiting Ruth Hamilton, who is the founder of Annie's Project. She started it based on uh, a story about her mother. And she was actually on our TV show on RFD TV. And we visited her at her farm in Illinois and told her story um, because it matters that women have access to education that is built for them, especially in this industry. And I've always had so much respect for Annie's Project. I have run across so many women who have benefited from Annie's Project um, uh, throughout the years, you know, whether it's um, insurance, whether it's estate planning, whether it's business planning, whether it's uh, retirement or, you know, handing the farm down through the generations or dealing with taxes, you know, uh, all of those different things, those are the types of things that you will learn through an Annie's Project class. And it is built for women and it is built specifically for women who are engaged in farms and ranches. So it is a amazing resource. It is in states all around the country. It is run through the extension program. And so uh, odds are that you can find it in a community near you from someone that you trust. If you only can access online, that's an option as well. So again, Annie's Project, uh, it empowers women engaged in agriculture and uh, that matters so much. And so if you've heard about it, I would encourage you to reach out and connect with somebody through extension in your own state about it, ask about it, see how you can engage. Maybe it's just one class. Maybe it's just a few hours that you spend. Maybe you engage in a series of classes, but I guarantee that you're not going to be sad about learning more about maybe how to diversify your business or transition your farm or deal better with your taxes because taking control of these situations takes the fear out of these situations. So you're definitely going to want to stick with us. We're going to be talking with Christine here shortly, but again, definitely check out Annie's Project and that's A-N-N-I-E-S-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.org. You can find them on the internet and uh, see how they are in your neck of the woods. 
And we are here on Farm Her Talks with Christine Armstrong. And so a little bit of background about Christine. I had the opportunity to participate with my friends at Nationwide in a Women in Agribusiness online conference because that's the way everything is rolling these days. And I got to sit in a room and listen to um, a woman, Christine, that you guys are all going to hear from here in just a minute, talk about uh, women and finances. Christine has spent her her career in the financial industry, and I thought she was fascinating. I think you all need to know her. So, Christine, welcome to Farm Her Talks. Margie, I can't tell you how excited I am right now. In fact, when I met you, Farm Her and you blew my absolute socks off. So I'm thrilled to be here today. Thanks so much. Oh yeah, that's going to be a fun conversation. So before we jump into uh, the topics of women in finance and and how we can all better help ourselves, um, let's talk a little bit about your background. One of the things that I absolutely loved about you uh, when uh, you first started talking uh, video played and uh, first of all, seeing you you know, you don't look like most of the financial advisors that I run across. Okay. And also listening to you and hearing like how authentic you were in that video um, as a woman who has existed in an industry that maybe you look different, maybe you operate different. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So I want to talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, what led you into the financial industry and what has that looked like for you? Wow, what a great question, and it's all about me. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I grew up in a rake in Southern California. Uh, my dad died of cancer when I was five years old. I had an older brother, younger sister, and I didn't know. Five-year-olds don't know what's going on, okay? But we know something really bad's going on. Mm-hmm. My mom remarried a few years later, and then things seemed to be okay again. I uh, grew up in Europe. My, my stepdad, uh, who we call dad, Europe, uh, and I was really a resident of Europe until my early 20s. So I went to high school in London, elementary school, Belgium, and wow. um, Germany. Yeah, all over, all over the place. And I had like the most embarrassing moment of my life. I, oh boy, here we go. Let's be authentic. <laughs> okay. I take a breath. So, so it's the, I'm 10 years old. I've never been out of the country. I've never been out of Los Angeles, California. My mom's newly married. I don't know what's going on, okay? Yeah. First day of a new school, German school. They don't even speak English. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, I needed to go to the bathroom, okay? Right. But when you don't speak the language and you don't know what's going on and you're sitting in these little wooden benches, you, you know, you don't know. Uh, I will never forget how miserable and embarrassed I was that day, how that really, you know, followed me through my experience in that school, which fortunately was only a few months. But anyway, what what all this has meant for me is that at some point in my uh, college, I went to school in Arizona, mm-hmm. I, you know, I started to think, oh boy, you know, you need to know what the questions are and you need to have the answers. I do not want to be in these vulnerable, embarrassing, horrible positions And so in college with my parents, friends, oh, Christy, you'll do great taking a secretarial course. No, thank you. I want to have a secretary working for me at some point. So so I I had to figure out what that meant. I'm an attorney, went to law school, well credentialed. So like every other woman listening to this right now, we know what it's like. We do the walk together. We do it differently, but we do it together. We understand, and my team understands, what these vulnerabilities are 
whether our clients know what, what they are or not. You know, it, it's very hard to understand at 21 what you're supposed to do with money or now let's go to the business owner, C-suite business executive. Oh, my goodness. Right. Stock options, tax considerations, protection for the family. So all the way through, I could see that there's this whole population of people who need help. And then because of the other part of my background where I'm a secret farmer. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I need to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so here I am. Okay, secret farmer. My uncle had a had an avocado farm down in Fallbrook, California. Mm-hmm. So this was the highlight of our years, okay? A few times a year, we'd go visit our Uncle Willie. Yeah. As anybody knows, as everybody knows, it's not a... Let's work occasionally. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're on a watering schedule. We're on a harvesting schedule. And the three of us got out with our burlap uh, burlap bags and clippers and clipped with the temporary workers who were hired. Mm-hmm. So we understood. We understand the discipline. I get what it means to be up at 10 or 4 in the morning, which right. I adored, <laughs> eating my sourdough bread with the dog in the back of the trip uh, pickup truck to, to water. And so we had some crop responsibilities. We had some go-to-market. We had the losing the shears yep. and no dinner until you find those shears, okay? Do not come back for dinner until you have them. And uh, we learned. And so that kind of discipline and worthiness um, and hard work, it really grabbed me too. So yeah. so here I am. Well, Christine, I, I heard you mention something. Um, you mentioned making a decision to, to take control of, of how you wanted your future to be. I think we've all had points like this, you know, but you mentioned when you were in college. But I think that things in our past define how we either are scared about how we're going to navigate forward, right? Like, okay, uh, you know, if if we didn't have enough money for everything growing up, right? We we had love and we we had everything that we needed, but you know, it wasn't um, maybe what we always had hoped for, right? And so you you make decisions based on that of how you're going to move forward. And and I will say that in my life, there's been decisions based on that, right? Of well, this is what I want my life to look like, and this is what I want my kids' life to look like, and and here's how I'm going to do that. But I think we all have these decision points of how we're going to take control. And to me, like that's almost the first step in this financial discussion, right? And I hear you saying that you did that uh, when you think about your future. Can we talk a little bit about how big of a, a deal it is? Even sometimes those those things that are bad, right? Like your dad passed away when you were really young. And I'm sorry uh, to hear that. But I'm I'm assuming that that was a decision point for you, even though you were so young, to say I'm going to take control of of how I get to navigate my future. Right, I did, and I and I chose at the age of 14 to go to a boarding school in a different country as an educational option, and I chose to go away for college. Although I was recruited uh, locally, I made a big decision to go into corporate America, huge risk, go into corporate America. And one thing that helped me, Margie, you you know what, you're going to get all my secrets right now, is that when I went to an interview at a Fortune 25 company, and and our audience who's in corporate America will understand this right this second, I talked to kind of, in my opinion, a kind of nerdy individual who who was my chief person during the day and kind of escorting me around the plant and the opportunities and everything. And I was terrified. 
Uh, and what I thought was, if he can work here, if he can work here, so can I. Uh, if he can do this, so can I. Yeah. And so I, I had this kind of internal dialogue, and I have done this at all the key points in my life, where it's, I, what can I control? What's my decision? And what I've adopted as a motto, and it's recent, it's COVID uh, decision, as I talk to so many of us in this fantastic um, business of feeding people, is I, I have as my new motto is life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Yes. And so if we're not doing it now, when are we going to do it? If we don't tell the people we love most in the world that we love them, we appreciate them. We're grateful for what we have. When are we going to do it? And so it, it, personally, um, you know, my dad died of cancer. And, and as I look at my genealogy, wow, everybody in an older generation haha, died of cancer. Okay. And so I look at my brother and my two younger sisters and we look at each other and go, okay, which one first? I have decided that it's not going to be me. I do all of my screenings, uh, my diet, all of that stuff. And I understand genetically, if that's it, that's it. But if it's behavioral, environmental, emotional, psychological, physical, then I want to be able to exercise that control. So at some point in our lives, we, we hear a little knock on the door and we decide to answer it and say, yeah, I want to, I want to go to that party. Yeah. I want to sit at that table. Yeah. And, and you have, and, and I love this. I think we all can relate to this as the basis for everything that we do rather than being scared by not knowing rather than being scared by what could happen, take control of the things that you can control. And uh, I, I absolutely love that. And so that leads perfectly into where we're going to spend some time here because um, uh, just just to paint a little picture, right? I worked in corporate America also for a little over a decade before I decided to um, upheave everything in our lives. <laughs> and uh, I started Farm Her and um, I'm so glad I did. But, you know, um, I, I've had the opportunity. Um, I went through an MBA um, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to have access to um, understanding about how to deal with my personal finances, but I will tell you that it still all is kind of scary to me, right? Like uh, it's like this this cloud out there that I'm not sure what it is or what to wh how to how to approach it all the time because it's not my expertise and it never will be. But I I do know that it's important to take control of that that decision and to not be fearful of it. So let's talk uh, from here about maybe some ways that women specifically, um, obviously anybody as well, but but women specifically can think about how to better take control of their financial future, no matter where they are at in life, right? If, if you're on a farm uh, in rural Montana, if you are sitting in an office in Des Moines, Iowa, if you are 20 years old, if you're 45, if you're 70, like what what are some things, especially in this gosh, like crazy environment that, that we can all think about as as, as we step forward in taking better control of that? So what a great question. This is really important right now. Just take a pause, take a really deep breath. Step, step number one, stop, okay? Just stop 
and say maybe, I'm going to give myself this gift or I'm going to give myself permission to just take the next step. So we're going to, we're going to look at and we're going to carve out a little bit of time for us. So when you think about our colleagues, friends, and family in rural America or in an office, or wherever they are, it's all of us have such excruciating pressures, life, families, uh, kids, education yes. right now, you name it, okay, that, that this is a little bit extra. But if we can just stop and say, okay, where are we right now? And let's have permission to do that. So what that means is, next step here, what do you have coming in? And what do you have going out? And what does that look like? We call it income. We call it expenses. Where are your sources? And farmers, business people aren't any different from the, kid you not, Harvard professor I talked to yesterday who had no idea about how to quantify mm-hmm. her income needs. So these PhD fancy people do it as badly as the rest of us. Yeah. What do we have? And then let's look at, let's look at what do we owe? Let's look at credit card debt. And this is especially for those starting out. You know who you are right now, okay? You know, 20s, 30s, kind of fun with the credit cards. Very bad idea. Yeah. Get credit card debt under control. Number two, get credit card debt under control. What that means is, um, and let me give you a simple example. Uh, you owe 100, uh, let's say you owe $1,000, to MasterCard or Visa. Uh, and cash flow's tough. Money's tough. Uh, you pay the minimum and you're able to buy more things. You pay the minimum. What actually happens before you pay off that $1,000 is it will take you about 20 years paying the minimum and you're going to pay roughly $20,000 in interest. So that $1,000 that you purchased, so that $1,000 that you purchased, in fact, becomes $21,000 20 years later. Is it really worth it? So we work with a lot of people on let's get the debt under control, let's um, eradicate it, and let's discuss how to do that. Uh, Corporate executives, people making $250,000 a year, half a million dollars a year, have the same issues. So it's not that that anybody's different here, but we have to get our credit uh, under control. The third thing, Margie, that I see, which is really important to have people um, be successful, is... uh, especially right now with the the pandemic and all the uncertainty and the tariffs and the trade wars and all that stuff, uh, is to have ample liquidity. And what's that even mean? So let's understand what ample liquidity means. Is it the banker? Is it a loan? Is it a family loan? We have some great tips on things to think about with that. Um, What is that liquidity? Because according to a, a current report, there's tremendous food insecurity right now, this year, because of all the stuff going on. And so we need to make sure that we can live. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we can eat. So the third most important thing um, is managing that liquidity. Yeah. And real quick, real quick, Christine, when you talk about liquidity, you're saying cash, right? Like money available to you, whether that is a loan, whether that is cash in stuffed under your mattress or in a, an account somewhere, right? Like you're saying 
the ability to have money to spend to buy the things that you need today. Correct. Okay. And and so there there are rules there are rules around that. Some really simplistic rules are I'll oh, have the equivalent of six months income. Very very hard for people. Okay. Yep. In a in a savings account. But the reality is is how much do you need for what? And then this is what I always ask, and I love our audience right now, okay, because let me tell you, ladies and men, we know, and that is that women have this incredible gift. It's an intuition. We listen to it, or we give credence to it maybe a little bit more than our male counterparts. And so as we go through step number one, step number two, that horrid credit card, step number three, cash, Let's also be mindful, what is your tummy telling you? Are, do you have angst? Are you bent over with stress? Are you thinking, oh, yeah, I maybe have too much or maybe I'm not making a smart decision? What are the questions that you're asking yourself? And then in particular, as we look at liquidity, we think about cash, let your tummy also ask you, what if? What if? we have a really bad snowstorm and we need a new piece of equipment. What if just in case for the kids, just in case for the health, Mm -hmm. what are those messages that we're telling each other? We need to be really mindful because that goes back to our vulnerabilities. That goes back to being allowed to ask questions so we can even understand what the issues are. So it's really important to, to uh, listen to your tummy. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've, I, uh, it's like a tough thing to tell people. I sat in from a panel, a mentoring panel, um, last week and talked to a group of women. And I think it, like I said, it's such a tough thing to say, listen to your gut, but it is <laughs> when I look back through my life, like, you know, you, you all know you're listening those times where you're like, mm, maybe this isn't what I should do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> that that's your gut saying you know, like listen to it and, and trust your intuition. Cause it, it really is probably the biggest thing I can say that has helped guide me, um, for sure. So I, I love that one. It's really, it's really important because it's going to inform how you feel about the other things you need to be thinking about. Again, let's go corporate executive. Let's go beginning investor, the impact of taxes. And we see this on an ongoing basis. Are you making the right decisions about taxes? Should that IRA be a Roth IRA? Should it be a Roth 401k? What does that mean for your family and your longer-term goals? One thing that I've seen, failure, 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 is people, people don't have the right insurance and protection. Life insurance, when they, when they pass, are they taking care of their family the way they want to? Mm-hmm. Um, are they if they if they have a swimming pool or a dangerous instrument? Yes. Let's look at equipment on on your property. Are you properly protected? We see people with with without that liability. You need to work with insurance people, and it's it's at home. It's on your life. What happens if if you're in an accident and you can't work? Disability insurance so important during your working years. So this whole issue, Margie, of insurance and protecting ourselves, the whole issue of insurance and protecting ourselves is 
so important. Oh. Uh, so that's a, a top consideration for people when they want to get their arms uh, around money. Yeah. And then really the, the last one that comes to mind is make sure your beneficiaries are right. Make sure the legal stuff is done. And at some point it might be fun to have a long conversation about that because I could regale you with horrifying and funny stories about taking away the keys to your car, going to a, uh, a, a downsizing your home, mm -hmm. um, cleaning out your parents' attic. I mean, the things that we all come across and the things we have to deal with. Anyway, that's part of our process, too. Let's be yeah. organized. Yeah. And, and let's pull it all together. And I think that that is so important. Now, you have a legal background, too. Is that right? You're, you're not just in the financial industry. That, that is correct. I'm uh, an attorney, and then I've been an arbitrator for FINRA, which is the um, disciplinary arm of the SEC for the last, oh, probably 20 years or so. Yeah. And I think um, this brings up a, a unique point um, that I heard you touch on when I listened to you the first time uh, in that presentation, um, is you need to have, flying by the seat of your pants and like, you know, like trying to do it all yourself. If you have assets that you are concerned about, whether that asset is money, whether that's land, whether that's your family, whether that's your farm, well, like whatever that is, um, you know, having a team that you trust is, I think, one of the biggest things. And and for me, when I put myself in that shoes, like I think back to when I started from her and I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I'd never... Um, run a business before. I'd never started a business. I never paid an employee. Like I remember thinking, I can't do this. Like I don't know how to do this. But you know what? I found like I tapped into a resource of somebody that I already knew and trusted. And it turns out they could guide me. And it turns out they had a network. And so now seven years later, I have a lawyer and behind them, a team of, of lawyers that I trust that I can go to regardless of whether it's a trademark issue or whether it's, you know, an employee issue, wh whatever that is. And it's not always fun to pay those bills, but it matters so much in the longevity of what I do. And I have an accountant that I've said before on this, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. I, my goal with my business, I would rather pay the accountant to get everything right than pay myself. Now I need to pay myself, right? But um, absolutely getting it right and having that like it, it just sets the basis for stability and everything. So while I think so many times when when we're trying to think about how to get it all done, we're like, oh, I'll just do it myself. I'll just, you know, uh, I, I can figure this out or I'm not going to deal with this. No, I really do believe in having that team of of financial, of legal, of accounting uh, in your life, even as just a person, right? Like a person, not even a business entity. It, it really matters so much. It helps you navigate anything that comes your way. And it gives you someone to reach out to when you have those questions. An insurance person, right? Like, and you're preaching to the choir about insurance because I worked in the insurance industry. That was my corporate uh, career for 11 years. And so I'm probably the person, I saw I saw too many nightmare situations. Right. Um, you know what, uh, you know, dogs biting people, kids um, right. being killed on uh, ATVs, you know, you name it. Right. Horrible things happen every day. And I'm sure we all can think of somebody that we know uh, in some way where some of these things have happened. Y you have to protect all of the things that are near and dear to you. 
uh, the best you can. And so, yeah, I mean, my husband's probably over here going, why do we pay like all this money to the insurance company? And I'm like, well, you know, there's reasons for it, you know, but, um, it, it does matter. So that team, that team is so important. Would you agree? I, I, you know, I absolutely do Margie. And I think, I think what you're saying right now is so important and, and I'm going to express it just a little bit differently yeah. because a lot of people think, you know, why do I bother or why do I need to? And, and let, let me tell you that in many, at many times in your life, you don't. Okay. It's exactly like when we're getting the sniffles or I have allergies. Okay. You, I know how to take care of that. Um, and I would go to my local uh, Walgreens or CVS or something to talk to the pharmacist might be my next stop. And I'm not going to go to a doctor till way down the road. So when, and then when I go to a doctor, yeah, you know, it might be just for a little allergy, a sinus infection, something like that. When I get really sick, then I know I'd better have my first stop at a doctor. And then I want to go to a specialist and then I probably want to get a second opinion. And so we know with our money, okay, right now, if you're just starting out, well, okay, you don't need to bring in um, the big guns right this second. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're starting with your 401k or you're doing 50 bucks a month in a, a savings account at a bank, that's good right now, okay? That 401k is understandable right now. You will know, I believe, you'll know yeah, when you're a little bit sicker and you need to talk to a doctor, some kind of financial advisor, mm -hmm. some kind of accountant. Um, so I think we know, and when you think about it medically, boy, when you get that bad opinion or that bad diagnosis and you know you're getting a second opinion, at that stage, you need to bring in the big cannons on that because yeah. there are things going on in your financial, professional life that are way past your control. I'm going to share a quick story with you. Multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire client uh, who came to me before he was a client. He wanted me to take him on because although, again, very, very bright guy, big university, big career, he lost 50% of his money almost overnight. <sighs> Shell-shocked came to me and the question he asked, and this is what we answer for people am I going to be okay? Can I take care of my family? Am I making the right financial decisions for myself and my family? So we were able to help him and have significant impact in his life. Um, I want to give you two quick tips, okay? And this is really important for uh, all of us. Yep. And I've seen this just repeatedly over the years. And a lot of you are going to start smiling because, you know, I'm speaking directly to you right now. Mm -hmm. When you want to hide maybe a little bit of money, pin money, call it whatever it is, okay, just money. Think about the safest place in your house, safest place in your house. And I will um, share with you that uh, safest place, one, two, three, okay, it's your freezer, We've had people stick twenty, thirty thousand dollars in the freezer, and you know what? When you're in a corporate America family, eh, you don't usually look at the freezer. So that is a really, really safe place. Freezer highly recommended to uh, stash a few bucks. And then here's another very important consideration, especially for people who have money. Okay, when your spouse and I'm thinking that your spouse is a man, when your husband 
says to you, my darling, I love you more than life itself. And on your birthday, on your anniversary, on your whatever, I am giving you, I'm giving us really this new diamond ring. We're going to upgrade for our new, for our new celebration to celebrate our life. What happened with that asset, with that gift that your beloved just gave you, call it a piece of real estate, a big fat piece of jewelry, a nice boat, plane, we see it all, it's gone into joint ownership. So it's not really a gift. What he's saying is it's going to be for us. I'm buying it for us. And my name's going to be on it. And I'm going to put your name too. So be careful about ownership Yep. because we see the we see the refrigerator freezer stuff right at the very beginning when you need to hide a few bucks. And then we see the darling, I love you joint ownership when you have a few bucks. Yep. And you know, while um, I, it's never a statement about a relationship, but I would always tell um, anybody, make sure that you are paying attention to what's going on. Make sure that you know what's going on and that you're able to take care of yourself. I would always tell my daughter that a hundred times over. I hope that you have the longest, most loving relationship ever. But if you need to land on your feet, you make sure you can land on your feet, right? And so being aware of those things really does matter. So this is so important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that I think this circles all the way back around to decide to take control, decide to take control of your decisions and put that control in front of the fear and, you know, make a plan from there. And, uh, you know, you've probably got somebody in your universe that you can reach out to that you can talk to. And if that person is somebody that you trust, then you can probably reach out to them for those other things that might come along your way. So um, taking control, I think is is like, I, I love that, that we started there. And thank you so much, Christine, for all of your great advice. I think this is all so wonderful. Um, and uh, really, thank you. Margie, I can't thank you enough. You know that I'm a huge fan of you and Farm Her and my present to myself uh, for the fall is definitely a Farm Her t-shirt, and I'm buying them for my family as well. So thank you very much. We highly support you. We love what you're doing. Love your mission. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as a reminder, uh, we started out here. We're going to end here. Uh, all of you women who are in rural America, if you are uh managing, involved in a part of your farm, maybe in a small way, you want to have a bigger way, maybe uh, you are a child and, and you're moving into a different relationship with your parents on the farm. Annie's project is out there. It is such a great uh, resource for you to access classes, videos, you know, all the resources that you need that's aimed really at farm women. So uh, don't forget about that resource out there as well. And everybody, thank you for joining us right here on Farm Her Talks.